0: So we are in week four of guard your heart, guard your heart. So Colossians chapter 10 and verse eight, who knew we would be in the midst of a freezing cold, you know, typhoon when we came out here today. Um, But anyway, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter two and verse eight, and it says this. See to it that no man takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the traditions of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Listen, we have people right now that would like to take us captive through empty dogmatic philosophy, concepts that don't allow our heart to be free, that don't allow our heart to remain free in Christ Jesus. There are many people out there right now espousing doctrines and ideas that will do nothing but capture your heart in a way that will keep you fearful that will make you feel as if there is no way out of this pandemic, that there's no good thing that can come from this situation that you find yourself in. There are a lot of people that will teach you that death and the suffering of death is the end. And when life is over, that is it. And there is no glory in heaven. You know, this week we had an opportunity, my family had an opportunity uh, to bury my aunt. And I say we had an opportunity. As a family, we gathered a small group of us as we paid uh, remembrance to her, and she passed uh, this week because she had some issues with her liver, and some issues that had gone on for years, and that eventually took her life. And it was frustrating to see, you know, over the years, I didn't know that she had this issue. In fact, I didn't know she'll, she until she passed that she had it. And you could tell there was something different about her, about her personality. There was something different about her from week to week. In fact, she was much different from the from the woman I knew when I grew up. She was much different towards the end. And it was hard to put your finger on, you know, maybe you think it's the medication or maybe you think it's this issue or that issue. And then you come to find out that it's well it's something actually going on in her body, in her physical in her physical body. And the hard part was Ah man, those stands are really freaking me out. The hard part was that, you know, all we could do was trust. All we could do was trust that the medical profession was doing what they could. All my uncle and cousins could do were trust that that she would be okay when she took the medication that she needed. And ultimately, obviously, the disease got the best of her. You know, in life, there are all kinds of philosophies, some ideas that we trust. We hope, we pray that the words, the information, the ideas that we get are good, solid concepts. And then at the end, man, everything's going to turn out all right. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't you know we we have to guard our heart from those moments when we're reading scripture because what we can fall to is the idea well medical professions the the doctors and nurses don't know everything and if they can't fix this situation then how can i how can i hold truth in the scriptures to guard my heart to not be moved by this doctrine or that doctrine to not be moved by this understanding or that understanding so your faith your faith in the future promise that God has for you is not based on men's philosophy. It's not based on good ideas from medical textbooks. It's not based on the best medication practices to be given out. To guard your heart means that we actually bring a level of consistency in our life. In fact, when we are settled in our doctrine, we're settled in our ideas. When we're settled in what we believe, there's a level of consistency that comes. One of the greatest things that I can give you as a pastor, one of the greatest gifts that I can give you is consistency. That you know that you can come to me and that I'm going to say the same thing consistently over and over and over. That this is what I believe. That it's more than just an idea. That it's more than just good philosophical waxing. But I actually believe and live and try to live the best I can to the standards that I preach to you. To the standards that we hold this church to. One of the best things I can do is to be consistent. Now, how weird would it be if you walked in the door and one week I said, Hallelujah, thank God Jesus saves. And the next week I walk in and, I'm, and I say, Okay, break open the Quran because we're going to learn a little bit about Muhammad. You'd think, what is wrong with this guy? He's all over the map. He's—he Is he Muslim? Is he Christian? We don't know what's going on. If I came in the next week and said, Let's, let's open up some of the words of Confucius and we'll look at the wise sayings of the ancient Near East. You'd probably at some point stop coming and think this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, what we read and what we're reading in Colossians chapter two and verse eight is the idea that when we guard our heart, there's a level of consistency. That consistency comes in Christ Jesus, that we're not moved to this doctrine or that doctrine, that we're not moved, off course, because that sounds good or this sounds good. You say, pastor, why is that important? Come on, we understand consistency is cool and everything, but why is that important? Because now more than ever, I think we need to understand what consistency looks like. A few weeks ago, just before Easter, there was chatter all over the internet. Chatter that this, this idea of COVID-19 was gonna be gone by Easter. Somebody somewhere said someone had a dream or a prophetic, prophetic idea. And that this idea, this idea gave the concept that COVID-19 would be eradicated by Easter because of the Jewish holiday and the Christian holidays, they kind of meshed and and this was God's sign and it was all good, it sounded good. Had nothing to do, obviously, with reality because it didn't just vanish come Easter. Now you might say it slowed a little bit, but let's be honest, nothing really substantial happened. The problem is sometimes we get caught up in in really cool sounding ideas. We get caught up in really cool sounding prophecies. We get caught up in really cool sounding philosophies. We don't go back to the scripture. Do you know that if COVID-19 never subsides, that Jesus is still king, he still reigns, he still heals. He is consistent from this day until eternity because he is who he is. And we need to be that consistent in our beliefs we need to be that consistent as we guard our heart even in troubled times don't just accept the energy that's dormant in this space that we find ourselves in there's an energy right now there's a fearful energy man and you can feel it it's palpable at times there are people wondering what's the state of iowa going to look like if we loosen We loosen restrictions. Let me help you out. If things go bad, we'll go back to tightening restrictions. We will go back to tightening restrictions in our church to do the right thing, to be good citizens. However, there's the other side. What if things go really well? What if the economy gets rocking and rolling? the, the, The rate of people and infections goes down. What if people become less and less hospitalized? What if the death rate goes down? What if the positive happens? See, I'm just the kind of guy that would like to believe that, guess what, there's a positive side to life and I can choose to live there if I want to. If I guard my heart well enough, I can choose that to be my path rather than the negative. Psalms chapter 37 and verse 4 says it this way, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When we talk about consistency and guarding our heart, we're talking about understanding what God's purpose and plan is for our life. And that if we will delight ourselves in him, that he will give us the desires of our heart. Now that doesn't mean that if you're married to someone right now that you can't stand, that God's gonna say, yeah, divorce or go ahead. It's the desire of your heart, hallelujah. No, there's other scriptures on how to fix your marriage and he would intend that you fix your marriage first. But that does mean that if we find ourselves in Christ Jesus, if we delight ourselves in him, if we rest in him, if we are consistent in his presence, then the desires of our heart will be fulfilled. You will have everything that you need. In Christ Jesus is every answer to every problem and every situation that we can ever find ourselves in. The consistency of our heart and guarding our heart comes when we understand that Christ is the fulfillment of everything and all things. And if we will allow ourselves to live steadfast in him, that we'll experience life beyond measure, that we will experience life in a greater depth and degree than we ever have. You know, I made fun of the idea that you know the wind's blowing around and my hair's whipping around, and that song's in the back of my head from a few years ago. I whip my hair back and forth. Anybody? Nah, just me. I know. Maybe a few millennials, but that's about it. But yeah, the 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 idea that I actually have hair to blow around in the wind, you know, you know, when I was younger, I I, I wasn't I didn't I didn't watch my words as much. And when I was younger, I was in a group of pastors in Kentucky, and we're all joking around, and I was the young guy in the group, and one of the gentlemen in the group had obviously bought his hair from a store and we were goofing around and, and, I, and for some reason, I don't know why it came out of my mouth, but I said, what did you skin to go find that piece on your head? And I'll tell you what, the whole room got quiet in a hurry. And I thought, oh man, I really messed up, didn't I? Not everything that comes in my brain should come out of my mouth. That was a level of where I learned to be consistent to be consistent in keeping my mouth shut when I think something stupid, to understand the consistency in that moment, just to be a normal person and not poke fun at somebody's hairpiece would have been a good thing to do. That gentleman's gone on to be with Jesus so I can tell that story. You don't have, we don't have fear or doubt living in us by virtue of just existing. Fear or doubt come by what we focus on. Fear or doubt come by the ideas and the philosophies that we hold to. Fear or doubt come as we focus, as we focus on one thing or another. Fear or doubt come. Fear or doubt come as we place our attention. Our attention is placed, man, a lot like a a thermostat. And right now I wish I had one to warm up this outside because it's bitter cold and that wind isn't helping. But inside, they're nice and toasty warm, because just before I walked out here, I I set the thermostat. I set the the thermostat to 70 degrees. And if you allow it time, what happens inside that? Temperature rises to 70 degrees and everybody becomes warm and toasty. In our own life, in our own faith life, doubt and faith work the same way. Once you set the temperature and you allow the interworkings of faith or doubt to start Working and the gears to start moving, eventually what happens? We get what we're after. In fact, that's why the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart that if you'll stay consistent in him, if you'll set the thermometer and stay consistent by guarding your heart, that you will have what you are after. But the problem is we run to this source and that source. We run to that news article and that news cycle. We run to this prophet and to that prophet. We run to that pastor and to this pastor. We run to that book and to this book and we never never settle our heart. But if we'll learn to settle our heart, the Bible is very clear, if we'll learn to settle our heart in Christ Jesus, that we will have the object back of our faith. If we'll learn to guard our heart, to keep a hedge around it, to keep it guarded from outside influences, then eventually we'll have what we're after. So the question you might be asking over four weeks of teaching on this subject is, "Okay, Pastor, how do I guard? How do I guard my heart?" Well, the first comes in the idea of hope. Learn that hope springs eternal. Learn that hope is the key to victory. Romans chapter five and verse two. Through whom we have gained access to faith into the grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. That to Jesus Christ, that we have faith, he's the centerpiece of our faith, that we can boast in the hope of the glory of God. That there is a great hope for our life, regardless of where you find yourself. You might find yourself depressed, broken in spirit, You might find yourself sick. You might find yourself broke as a joke. The the hope that we have in Christ is what lifts us up. The hope that we have in the awe-inspiring glory of God that can be applied to our life is what brings us to that next level. The hope that we have and what we can offer is what helps us guard our heart. Let's say you have a friend and you get involved in a conversation as we all will inevitably do as life goes back to normal. We could be very, very pessimistic. We could offer ideas like, the world's never gonna go back to normal and this virus is never gonna leave us and unless they find a vaccine, we're all doomed to encounter it at one point or another or we could offer hope-filled concepts infused with the glory of God and say, listen, I know it was hard but at least we're on the other side. I know it was difficult but now at least our state is opening. I know that we are frustrated to live the life that we've been living but obviously God has a bigger and better plan and if we'll place our hope in him, there's no telling what tomorrow might bring there's no telling what we could see happen as we place our hope and trust in Jesus Christ we have to learn to not only inspire hope in our own heart but inspire hope in the lives of others you could add fuel to the fire or you could change the direction of any conversation instantly with a little drop with a little drop of hope a little drop of hope could change the course for some people that you talk with and that you connect with. Even over social media, even over Zoom meetings, even over uh, Facebook Messenger. You could offer some hope to allow the world around you to know that this is not the end, this is not it. That we have a glorious hope in Christ Jesus. The next thing I want to I point out if we're going to guard our heart is we need to preach joy. Joy. We need to learn to preach something other than doom and gloom. We need to learn to preach something other than hardship and struggle. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 22. The joy or the happiness of my heart. A joyful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. I feel like too many of us are living in the part B of that of that, uh, of that of that scripture, we're living in a place where our spirit has been broken by a virus, and our bones are drying up. We're not sure how we're going to make it through. We can't see the end of the light at the end of the tunnel. But the Bible says that if we will have joy, if we'll have a happy heart, that it is good medicine. You want to beat depression, find happiness and joy in life. You want to bre- you want to beat you want to beat the idea of the prevailing concept of the world around us, that there's no way out, that we're just gonna suffer until this thing makes its way through. Start preaching a little bit of joy. Start finding moments in life to be joyful. Now, normally in May, around Mother's Day, I would say, be happy that the sun is out and shining and the birds are Today today's bitter freaking cold. But you know what? There's a whole ton of joy in the idea that we can gather in this parking lot, that we can gather online and still sing and shout the praises of Jesus. There's a whole bunch of joy that we can give because we are moving back into our sanctuary next Sunday and that we get to worship together as a church family. There's a whole bunch of joy coming that we are opening and reopening this country, state by state, county by county, and we're doing it safely. There's a whole bunch of joy that we can offer. Even in sad times like we're facing today, we know that God has promised us that joy can be a mode of strength. Nehemiah chapter eight and verse 10, Nehemiah told them, go and eat that which is rich, drink the sweet and send out portions to those who have nothing prepared, since today is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This was preached to people who were in a moment of sadness, who were broken, who felt as their as though their tomorrows were only going to get worse and worse and worse. And here the prophet says to them, You need to start looking at life differently. Go ahead and eat that thing that is rich. Go ahead and eat that rich-tasting food. Drink the sweet. Send a portion to those who don't have any. But let the joy of the Lord be your strength. In this moment, in this time, we need to allow God's joy to be our strength. It's one of the best ways to guard our heart. Number three, and maybe my last point, I don't know where I'm at here, says to be helpful. To be helpful. To the world around us you want to guard your heart quit adding to the problem start to be helpful you want to guard your heart and guard your heart against depression guard your heart against all the negative news learn to give a helping hand john chapter 14 and verse 16. And I will ask of the Father and he will give you another helper who will be with you forever. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit is not for us to sit on our hands and talk about how spiritual we are. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit and all the spiritual gifts is so that we go out into the world and manifest God's presence and kingdom in a helpful way to those that we know, to those that we're connected with, to those in our sphere of influence. You can pray for somebody even with a mask on, even social distancing. You say, how do I lay hands on someone? I don't know, figure it out, there's gotta be a way to do it. Man, get one of those back scratchers and reach over and touch them. Whatever you gotta do, if you wanna pray with someone, find a creative way to connect with them and to allow the presence and the gifts of the Holy Spirit to fill and to flood flood your life. In the midst of a pandemic culture There's nothing that will help us guard our heart more than literally saying, how can I help you? There's nothing that will guard our heart more than literally saying, what can I do to assist you? Because now you take the burden, you shoulder the burden of your brother and sister. You shoulder the burden of the person next to you. You help lift their burden. As you lift theirs, yours gets a little lighter. As you learn to lift the burdens of others, your burden, what you're working through, what you're dealing with, seems to get a little less important. In fact, as Christians, we have a posture that we should be in every time that we connect with the world outside of our church. We have a posture of one where we're being lifted up. You find someone who's a good mentor. You find someone who's willing to speak into your life and help lift you and with the other arm we're lifting up someone else we find someone downstream who we can pull up we find someone downstream who's a little worse off than we are and that we can pull up into the good things and the good nature of our god listen this is the position the posture that we take one of helping and i guess there's one more point the last thing here is to honor people i want to get through all these first peter chapter two and verse 17 it says honor everyone and love the brotherhood that we should learn to honor people as we guard our heart. Learn that they are the dignity and worth that's crowned from heaven, that they represent the Imago Day, the stamp of God on humanity. Learn that every single person that we come in contact with, even when we can only see half of their face because it's covered by a mask, that in them is the very spark of divinity that is our God. Learn to honor people. Man, I wanna encourage you as we close out this series, as we celebrate Mother's Day, hopefully you're celebrating well with your mom sometime at some point during, during this day, as we celebrate all that we have to look forward to in this springtime, as we celebrate moving back into our church facility, as we celebrate the opening of our state, please understand You don't have to let this pandemic rule you. You don't have to let these negative thoughts sway you. You don't have to let yourself be directed by the cultural tide. You can guard your heart and guard it with strength. You can guard your heart and you can guard it well. You can guard your heart and guard it with the word of God.